0: Welcome, guys, to podcast number 12. We have (laughs) Massey Dance. We have a guest. You may see that the cameras are kind of off. There's more (laughs) microphones, more bodies. It's going to get about 120 (laughs) degrees in here, but that's okay. We have our friend Brenda. Miss Brenda. Miss Brenda. We have Massey and I, am Mike. Today, we are talking about everything, all of it.
1: Well, first off, Brenda, thank you for coming. And I want you to... Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. Please give your, like, who who are you? What's the ministry that you run? Like, first off, I'm going to say before... before, before tell us everything. You, I, yeah, yeah, So, like, I got to say this before we even continue. Like, when I met her, um, she... I mean, I, I think I'm pretty good at history. I learned... And I'm, I have so much to learn. Uh, I have a lot of mentors uh, that, that are that are dear friends of mine, and all that stuff. But this woman like blows my socks off every time she talks because she knows the foundations of our country. She knows from and we're going to talk about this from all those ancient documents to the Constitution, and how it applies to today. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the organization, the American Heritage uh, mm-hmm. that, that you that you run and that you're, you're doing all that stuff. Give us your name. Give us everything about you, the website, and we can continue from there.
2: Okay, well, I'm Brenda McMenamin. She's amazing. And I got to stay home with my children and homeschool them. My husband was so gracious to let me not even go into my career, have children. I wasn't going to get married, wasn't going to have children. We got (laughs) married, and I had four children and got to homeschool all of them from kindergarten all the way through, and I'm so grateful for that. So in that process... I began to learn history from original documents to teach my children and just fell in love with our heritage, fell in love with God even deeper, wider, just so much in seeing what our founding fathers went through, what the Lord brought them through, reading their documents. Um, Sometimes reading their documents would literally have me on my knees weeping at the heritage that we have that I had no idea
0: of. What do you think was what what drew you to that like because a lot of people read those documents and they whatever you know these guys were smart, but okay, what do you think was different for you when you were reading those?
2: Well, I think one of the the um resources that I was exposed to, maybe that most people aren't, is a book called "The Christian History of the Constitution by mm-hmm. verna hall okay and Uh, That's it right there. She
1: she also has her own copy. I just want you to (laughs) know. Yes, I do. (laughs) Mine's falling apart. Hers is falling apart. (laughs) Mine's almost falling apart. I'm just really getting into this book. Oh, it's fantastic, isn't it? It's amazing.
2: So Verna Hall was teaching at PTA meetings Um, back, I guess, in the 50s, because this was published in 1960, and her talks started getting canceled. So she realized... Sounds like today, huh? Right. She realized wow. that we were losing our heritage, so she went through history and compiled the documents Wow, that leads up—this one really leads up to a, a clear understanding
1: of the Declaration of Independence. Right. Yeah. That's basically the focus. Which is the seedbed of our Constitution. Most people don't yeah. realize that. They think the Constitution doesn't mention God. Well, it's a law document. It's not supposed to. It's supposed to you know, restrain the government. Yes. And only given it the authority that people gave. And so— um, one thing that we're going to cover today is the unequivocal evidence of God's involvement in this nation, as far yes. as its startup, yes. right? And we're going to go through all these documents until now. So I want you to continue with the story, but I wanted to say that that's what we're yeah. going to really discuss today. Is there's uh, there's there's no way someone can't tell me, or someone can tell me that God wasn't involved in this? Yeah. For yeah. all the miracles, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, when I first got saved and I started going to church. The church
2: leaders were using this book because they were going to start a school. And then they found out they felt like it was just too hard, and they went with another curriculum. But the seed was planted in me, (laughs) and I just kept reading it and kept reading it. And I'd find people from, I think this was like 1985-ish. Um, maybe a little before then, but every year since then, I've just gathered people that would not run away from me <laughs> <laughs> and would study this stuff Duh. every year since then. And then when I had my children, I kind of let that go and just started studying with my children. And then after they got older, I picked up again and uh, also found The Making of America by Cleon scalzen I don't know if you have that one, too. I didn't bring that no. one. but I don't. But that one is... This is so- what I'm talking about. <laughs>
1: All these resources she has, like, oh, what? yeah, like a all library, these books. don't yeah, you? Yeah, and she yeah. Like, knows them by heart. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting. Common sense, that's enough There love. we go. Now, now we're talking. I've been really, <laughs> I've been
2: talking about this one lately. Um, but but this really covers up to the Declaration of Independence no. so that my students can understand every line of it. Because when we hear pursuit of happiness, we don't think the way that Blackstone meant that, right? right? Okay. And then the making of America covers the Constitution, article by article, section by section, clause by clause, using the original documents, using the quotes from the founding fathers in the Constitutional Convention, their letters to each other, and so it just brings it alive. Hmm. Amen. Yeah, so those are my two really favorite
1: resources. The, the, the resources, yeah. yeah. Could you do us a favor and tell us what the name of your organization is and how they can find you? Yes, American we'll put Heritage. It on at the end
2: too. Okay, americanheritagetoday.com.
1: Americanheritagetoday.com.
2: And on that website, I have I'm developing an American history class. As much as I love this, I think that Christian, the Christian History of the Constitution stops some people before they even get a chance to look at the documents. Truth And so American Heritage today uses some of the same. Um, John Locke in this book is all written in the old English, so you're trying to figure out the difference between the S's yeah. and the F's. And honestly, high school students, that is torture. <laughs> so Tell law I,
1: students, that's torture. Right, yeah.
2: right. So I've gone through and I've gotten... Um, Richard Frothingham, yep. John Fisk, some mm-hmm. of those uh, resources were published in the 1880s or even before, so there's no copyright on them. And so what I'm doing is developing a course that's starting with the original documents. Listen and that. from that, you like this, you can talk about biblical principles, but it's the original document. It is the original And so it's the way that the Holy Spirit showed me to do it right. so that eventually, hopefully, that'll go into the public school system.
1: Amen. So you teach a 36-week Constitution course. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, that's the one I use, the Making of America.
1: Okay. And so I you... just
2: go through that whole chapter because he gives... Give us,
1: give us the load on, on what you teach in that class specifically. Can you go through... Well, the
2: first eight chapters are just kind of a basic overview and... Explaining how the founders were researching all the different cultures and and um, governments, yes, so that they could create this new laboratory of self-government, right? right. And um, so I think that's really valuable because what they kept going back to was the Anglo-Saxon, which was actually based on Moses. Right. And and the first five books. And right. so that's just so much fun. And then after that, from like, I think, Chapter 9 on, it goes literally from Article 1 through. And then yeah. it does the um, amendments, too. So that's, that's just a super good class. And then with that, when I teach at SALT, because I teach at a co-op, a homeschool co-op, I teach on Mondays. And so I teach, and then the students the rest of the week, do the reading assignments. So I do the syllabus. I do all the the, uh, grading of the papers, but they only come once, and then they do the work at home. Uh, But I also do literature, so that's where I bring in some of the documents so that they really understand Blackstone and Montesquieu and Algernon-Sydney and some of the – the different resources that are found. Cause what I want them to know. <laughs> do you want to put a word in I'm, here? I'm sorry. I'm no, 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 it's not
1: that. It's just like, are you here? Like, I mean, when I teach, yeah, or when I preach on this stuff, I mean, I go deep with like the pursuit of happiness. I do an entire thing on pursuit of happiness, and I got to pick your brain on that. But yeah, like I do this whole thing about Locke and Jefferson and all these things, and Lord Bolingbroke and where those phrases come from. Yeah. Right? But you're talking about things that are deeper than that, like because I know Adams wrote a book on uh, the defense of the U.S. Constitution, where he went through like how many governments
0: mm. and learned
1: their systems, and like, meh, this is what's good, this is what's useless, right, right. But it's like you're 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 bringing these people through not just the Constitution, but. They're going to understand why Amendment 1, or I'm sorry, uh, Article 1, Section 1 is Article 1, Section 1. Right. Right? Instead right. of just, oh, that's what the president does. No, it's deeper than just that's what the president has the authority to do. Yes. It's, there's a purpose behind each article. Yes. I, mean, I
0: just, it, I'm blown. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm, And every time I talk to her, I'm like, how do you do that?
0: Like, <laughs> It's just, yeah, it's, it's all it flowing out, which is awesome because I think you have to know these origins you have to know the, this background in order to understand why they did what they did i think a lot of times we take them for granted and we say oh well they cobbled this together and they took some pieces from some other governments and they you know threw it in and hoped it would work mm-hmm. but they went through extremely carefully through each point and understood how they fit together and they yeah. debated What's going to work with this? What isn't? You know, the judiciary is a perfect example of that. They didn't just say, well, we need some judges, so we'll have a branch of judges. They really argued, okay, is this going to be the strongest branch? Is this going to overpower the other branches? Is it not? And the fact that you're giving that to these students and showing, look, this goes back to the Anglo-Saxons. This goes back to the Magna Carta. This goes back to the Greeks, the Romans. Like, this is... Deep into <laughs> <Yeah>. history.
1: <laughs> it is. And it's all in her brain. Yeah. It's <laughs> all
0: there.
1: <laughs> I'm not trying to puff you up, Brenda. I just think it's amazing. Like I want to uh, aspire to yeah. that one, you know. Oh, I hear
2: you quoting a lot of resources that I haven't had a chance to read. So I think we'll probably all of us be eternal students where we we just sure. have a passion for it. But one thing I really want to impart to students is it seems like with our founders, we either idolize them or we ignore them. Yeah. And I want my students to know that our founding fathers had founding fathers, and that was Ooh. Algernon, Sidney, and good. Locke, and Montesquieu. Like and so they can see what God did over generations and over centuries, and he gets the glory. And, and, and yeah. too,
1: to add to that, I always want people to know that the founders were just mere men. Yes. So to put them on a pedestal is unfair and it's, and it's, it's uh, ungodly. No. It's, yeah. un, it's And unbiblical. they wouldn't want that. No, they wouldn't. And yeah. I think even Washington being called the father of, of America, you know, do you remember when Adams wanted to say like his, his highness or something like that? And he was like, Mr. President, that's good enough. Basically, mm. I don't want a title. That's not what this is about. I think we get on this, we get in this mindset of, because now look at today, right? When the elections happen for the presidency, is it going to be her is it going to be him oh we made this big deal and it's like um, he's not even the strong there is no co equal branch of government he can't legislate law he can't do any of that stuff but we've now turned this country into a monarchy almost in a sense like in, into into where if he's elected boy he's going to change things not congress anymore not the people anymore right yeah and, we and want that's what yeah <laughs> and, and we're going to talk about that but it's like that's what's so scary if we don't understand that this country was of the people, by the people, and for the people, under God, mm, right? Yeah, I love it when atheists say, but that was passed in 1950, whatever. But it was passed, so there's a reason. <laughs> there was no separation of church and state, but it was passed. Do yeah. you think they were dumb? No, I mean there was a reason they added that because they wanted people to remember God. Yeah, you know it, this. This is important. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm going to pick your brain here. Oh, okay. No, this is, this is good. This is, I, I, I know you're this. my friend. I know, but this is awesome, right? I like this. So how do you go from like mom to teacher, wife? Now you see your kids grow up. You're seeing a generation of young people and probably a generation before that. You saw the fatherlessness happen more and more and more and more.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: How does this kind of teaching apply to them to give them hope and peace? Like, what can we do? I I mean, I want to hear from your perspective. What is it that you saw? It's like, man, I need to do, this is the course I need to take to teach these people. Number one, they're created by God Mm. because we're all created equal.
0: yeah.
1: And because of that, we have a purpose. But if you don't understand that you have freedom, not only in Christ, but in the natural, what's the point of being free in Christ if we can't practice it? I mean, the children of Israel were still God's kids, but in bondage. They couldn't practice their God-given religion Mm-hmm. they were in bondage for 400 years what's the point right so yeah. what brought you to that point like what what is it that you started seeing where it's like this is the course of action i need to take for my life
2: oh you mean homeschooling like, to homeschooling begin with now with, like
1: or? past homeschooling now you're yeah. doing this where you're teaching and you're going into schools now and you're okay doing, so like you're now teaching these kind of principles to these kids yeah and you're giving these kids purpose mm-hmm. and it's not just government it's how to be an entrepreneur now and all these things, like how this yeah. develops the character of a kid. Yeah. yeah. Um,
2: I'm really blessed with how my children turned out. And I don't take any credit for that as much as I just see the faithfulness of God. But my children are encouraging me to do what I'm doing. No. And they're helping me. The technology is the biggest thing I struggle with. Because <laughs> I am old, but um, but I love to teach. And so when the door opened where I could teach at Salt, I was so excited. And then I've got, I've, like I said, I've been teaching every year. I pick up a different group. And so this wow. past time, we couldn't get together on our schedule. And so people in the community were saying, you've got to do this. And so I went on Facebook Live. I have that page, American Heritage Today. And I just started saying, okay, Thursday's 3 o'clock. I'm going to get on, and I'm going to share something. Something, And it's random, but out of that is coming just the discipline in doing that. I'm just sharing, and then I'm finding hearing back from people, what do they want to hear? Okay. And then I'm going to be advertising the classes that I'm actually
1: teaching. Yeah. and go on that, guys. American Heritage Today on her Facebook. Start liking that page, y'all. Absolutely. There's so much stuff that she's putting out there, and I can't even do my Freedom in Fives as often as I want to. You know, just take those little tidbits of history and, Yes, I just, love them. Yeah, and they're fun. They're fun to make. Yeah. I love them. And, yeah. and, but it's like just with everything going on, it's like if you want some real history, you know, we got like Institute on the Constitution, which I'm a part of. But this, guy's got to get on it. And we'll put the link in the, in the description below. Um, so you guys can get more, more. So, so let's get into the, let's get into the meat of this. Okay. Let's start. Now it's time to talk. Okay. We got let's, all the niceties yeah, out let's of the let's get right? this going. The unequivocal evidence of understanding that God, number one, gives me rights. Yes. Life, liberty, and property. Yes. Can you tell us, I don't want to say start to finish, but the history, like where does the constitution really come from? Why was the, De- I'll say the declaration because the Declaration is really the entire purpose that we declared independence. That's the the, the written reason, basically the written word as to why we wanted to be an independent sovereign nation, you know, and a republic at that. Not a democracy, folks. (laughs) I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. We still hear it from our republican people, you know,
0: that we're a democracy, we're a republic. I I love it when people are like, this is undermining our democracy. Well, we're not a democracy, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. So...
1: Let's 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 do a little history. Like let's go back in time a little bit and kind of give us a rundown.
2: Well, I think my favorite place to start is in Exodus when Ooh. Moses
1: was given the Hebrew had Republic.
2: three million people in the desert, and you think, awesome. okay, he was he he was with his family until maybe three, four, five, whenever he was weaned. and then he was under the pharaoh, mm-hmm. so he had modeled a monarchy. So here he is out in the desert with 3 million people and his father-in-law says, what you're doing is not good. You're going to wear yourself out and these people. So in Exodus 18, 21, he says, I'm going to give you some advice. Let the people choose men that are able, that fear God, hate covetousness. that hate covetousness and won't take a bribe and set them over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Actually, I think it was hundreds, fifties, hundreds of thousands. Anyway, what's so cool about that, and I'm kind of fast-forwarding, but I'll start with um, St. Patrick. I'd like to start with St. Patrick and go forward. But what's interesting, because I want to make sure I get this, is the Fundamental Orders of Connecticut was written in, what, 1640? uh, 1643,
1: I think it was, Okay, if I'm not mistaken. And so Reverend
2: Thomas Hooker. Hooker... it was all based on that scripture and his notes. And then he had three different little communities that he was covenanting together.
1: You know what the name of his sermon was? No. All authority is laid in the free consent of the people. Free consent. <laughs> that's it right that there. That was the name of the sermon. And that's what they said, that the Constitution literally came from his sermon. Yes. Unbelievable. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: Isn't that exciting? So let's go back to St. Patrick, who most people don't. They they think he was Irish, but he was actually kidnapped as a teenager That's from right. England. Yep. And then... Um, this is, awesome. then so this th- is
1: the this is the St. Patrick's Day green guy <laughs> yes. elf thing, right? Yes. Or, oh. Yes, and Leprechaun. God actually gave
2: him a dream, and he walked 100 miles and escaped, which could have killed him and the captain of the boat, went back to England, finished his education, but couldn't get Ireland out of his heart. So he went back voluntarily, started a massive revival, uh, discipled the young women, and and was one of the king's advisors. So in that process, he wrote... I would butcher it if I tried to say it in Latin, but the book of the law. Mm-hmm. And so they began to rule that way. It was very just. And then King Alfred in what, the 800s? Mm-hmm.
0: Late 800s. Read that
2: book and yeah. ruled that way and taught his nobles how to read so that they could rule justly, so they could read the Bible. And so this is the foundation of common law, literally. And then that was, the, that was you see how it went away just like a pendulum you know that cycle of nations you have a really righteous government and then they go away just like the, just like the book of kings
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. 40 years good exactly. 40 years bad <laughs> yeah
2: and it always People started forget. out the next generation knew not the lord or his ways right yeah. and so it just goes around and around but you've got the wicked king john lackland who was a tyrant and then you've got um reverend stephen langton who was looking through English law, how can we restrain the king? So he wrote the Magna Carta and then gathered up the barons and nobles, and literally Blackstone says he was justified in forcing King John Lackland to sign the Magna Carta at knife point.
0: Wow. How was that justified? Yeah, give,
1: give us that, because they're going to ask. Yeah,
2: <laughs> well, when you know that they had common law, and they ruled, according to the Bible, with Exodus 18.21, by free consent. They had the church was free. Um, what are the other things? Oh, um, habeas corpus, which literally to be tried, you have to have the body. Or we would say, now, do you have a warrant for my arrest? Do you you know, Is this legitimate that you're arresting me? Otherwise, the king would just rule by prerogative. That's right.
1: That's right. You Do you want to know how it's justified? Because... Thomas Jefferson wrote about it in the declaration. Evils are sufferable, basically tolerable among them. Yeah. But after a long train of abuses, and what's happening is yes. they're not doing that on the offensive. They're doing that on the defensive. You are destroying God-given rights. Yes. And our only way that we're going to get you to listen is to defend ourselves. So when you have the basically the king at knife points, like, bro, we're, we're done. You're, 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 you're using your kingdom as a tyranny. Yes. And that's not how God intended it. So that's, that's how you justify yeah. it.
2: And he, I think, Thomas Paine articulates
1: that better than anyone else. Mm -hmm. And this was the book that was... that book up right there. Common Sense by Thomas Paine, you guys. These these are the basics. And look, anyone can
2: read it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Such such a trick to play. It's only this big. Don't worry about it.
2: But, you know, when he starts out, and this isn't really the point that I want to make, but this is something I think we've lost in our culture. He says, some writers have so confounded society with government as to leave little or no distinction between them, whereas they are not only different but have different origins. Society is produced by our wants, government by our wickedness. Hmm. Isn't that good? And how many times do we get accused of, like, not caring for the poor because we don't want to do it through government-forced... We want to do it through society, through our own private means, through the church, right? And so he he's addressing that. That's right. Starting out in common sense, I just think that's fantastic. Which
0: the uh, that's something that's really important is that philosophical underpinning of the difference between government and society. Um, when you've got government, what is government there to do? To Protect your rights, protect your land, and keep liberty. And right. any law
1: that they make has to be backed by force.
0: Exactly. It has to be
1: backed by force. That's what government is.
0: So then are we, are we creating force to enforce what we think are moral good choices, or are we enforcing law and justice... In order to protect people, there's a difference, which a lot of people, a lot of people today just do not know that difference of the the society and the culture. Um, One of the things you, you know, you guys were talking about, when is it justified to stand up to a king or whatever? And I think that running argument of whether or not the king is uh, placed there by God
1: Mm. is an important
0: stream of argument that maybe you know we should get into a little bit because the argument at that time was you know is the king placed there by god as the ultimate authority you know i mean and and Locke kind of tore that apart with the two treaties but you know what have you learned or what have you gained about that whole argument right you know good
2: That's where I'm going next. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. Because he says it, and this is because we know that they were self-governed from the early 1600s, the Fundamental Orders of Connecticut. All right, that was the early 1600s. And I've got in um, Rise of the Republic, written by Richard Frothingham, and that was published in 1880. So it's just such a cool resource because we know – Early 1900s, our history was literally rewritten. That's why we have to go back to these original sources. Um, But in here, it's saying that uh, as the exalting one man so greatly above the rest, there's your king, cannot be justified on the equal rights of nature, so neither can it be defended on the authority of Scripture. For the will of the Almighty, as declared by Gideon, And the prophet Samuel expressly disapproves of government by kings. And then he goes on, he's talking about rendering to Caesar the things that are Caesar's is the scripture doctrine of courts, yet it is no support of monarchical government for the Jews at that time were without a king and in a state of vassalage to the Romans. But he's talking about specifically says the Jews elate with success and attribute it to the generalship of Gideon. Proposed making a king saying, rule thou overst thou and thy son and thy son's son. So that's what Israel was saying to Gideon after he defeated no. their enemy. Here was temptation its fullest extent, not only a kingdom, but a hereditary one. You know, it's going to his son. Ooh, good point. But Gideon in the piety of his soul replied, I will not rule over you. Neither will my son rule over you. The Lord
0: shall rule over you. Which we saw at the beginning of the nation of Israel with God said, you know, set up the judges system and they yes. decide the judges weren't good enough. We want a king. You know? <laughs> so he said, your king is going to take your sons. He's going to take your daughters. He's going to take your first fruits. He's going to build armies. He's going to take your livestock. Doesn't that sound like right, right now? It is.
1: Isn't it? Doesn't it's it? that
0: cycle, right? We always yeah. come back to it. I mean, I got I,
1: I, no. I've got to say it because we were talking about this earlier when, uh, just before we started, that he, God, God was not happy, no, with establishing a king. No, he was, he was very, very upset.
0: He said, "They're
1: rejecting me." That's exactly right. Yeah. And because he wanted them to be ruled by him. No. Yes,
2: yes, and and you see the liberty and the freedom they had, but that's literally what Thomas Paine covers next. <laughs> so it's that's awesome. first. Samuel chapter 8 and he says but the thing displeased Samuel when they said you know we want a king and so he went to God and he says they've rejected me and God says no they haven't rejected you they've rejected me but you go back and you tell them if they have a king like you said he's going to take the, and he, and he's it's all written for yeah. 1 Samuel 8 is all right here and Thomas Paine is saying in between he says um They were saying, according to all the works which they have done, he's uh, now therefore hearken to their voice, how but protest solemnly unto them and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. And then Thomas Paine is saying, not any particular king, but the general manner of kings of the earth, whom Israel was so eagerly copying after, notwithstanding the great distance of time and difference of manners, the character is still in fashion. So what Thomas Paine is doing is he's quoting... What God told Samuel to say to the people. Right. And then he's saying how the king of England was acting the same way. And what's really interesting is when you look at the Declaration of Independence and you've got the intro part and then you've got the 27 grievances and then you've got the covenant together part, you know, the end of it. Those grievances and what God said, what you were saying before, a king was going to do to the people, line up. Hmm. So, oh. yeah, and, so, and exactly yeah. what we're experiencing today.
1: Yeah, okay, so, so what did Thomas <laughs> Paine say after that?
2: <laughs> so he's explaining all of this from 1 Samuel 8, and then he says, To the evil of monarchy, we have added that of hereditary secession, and as the first is a degradation and lessening of ourselves, Ooh, so the second, claimed as a matter of right, is an insult and an imposition on posterity. Dude. For all men being originally equals, no one by birth could have set up his own family in perpetual preference to all others forever.
1: So basically, we, we, we demean ourselves. We basically de- desecrate the character of God by creating us equal to allow some family to be over us yeah. and our
0: posterity. Because we remove God and we say we would rather have this family line of men to rule over us as the chosen people. But think right?
1: about it today, right? Like, let's, let's just take it to, to, to com- commonality today. Even in the church, it's just easier to listen to the pastor instead mm-hmm. of doing your own homework. It's just easier mm-hmm. to elect people because then you don't have to do anything. You can just go out and buy your boats and do your things, right? It's not bad. I mean, I want a boat, but it's like, I I don't have one. But, I mean, I want one, right? No, there's anything wrong with it. But when it becomes your life where you have no more diligence or faith or perseverance or being sober and vigilant about the gospel or about our freedom, right? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: All that he just said is exactly what happens in despotism when we become so far gone and removed that we depend on people to do what we're supposed to do. And you know what we do? The same thing Adam did. It's the woman you gave me. It's because those elected officials, man, who elected them. Well, my pastor, why are you there? You know what I mean? If it's, it's always on us. The responsibility lies on us. That's why God was so upset with the King. Yeah. That the King system, because we're supposed to be self-governed. He set it up that way. The gospel is self-governance. I'm going to answer to God, For my own stuff. All by ourselves. Exactly. All of our work shall be tried by fire, the Bible says. Everything we do will be... I can't say, well, Mike made me sin that night, and there you go, Lord. I'm sorry. Yeah. I gave you a conscience, kid. I love you. I gave you the spirit of truth, John 16, right? Like, this is what we're missing, is the self-governance aspect of our lives. That's why we want a king, because we don't want to self-govern. Yeah. We don't want to do, and you know. And here's where I'll give you hope. There are people that do, and I'm excited about it, because young people, when you turn them onto this thing, they're like, wait a minute, what? I don't have to do, no, you don't. And that's what I fear about with the young people, and I'm just going to go on this train for a minute, and I want mm-hmm. you guys to, because we want to get back to this. Yeah. That's why it's so crazy that you see people who say, I want my own choice, my own body, my own this, but yet tell the government to force me to love them. Mm. That makes no sense. When the left has a monopoly, we've said this before, the left has a monopoly on love and hate. Those are Jesus's words to teach us about, not man. And yet they're telling the government to force me to love them when God already, Christ already told me to love my enemy. Christ already told me to love my neighbors myself. Hmm. I don't need a government to tell me that. Yeah. But because we don't obey, who was it? G.K. Chesterton, if you will not submit to God's Ten Commandments, you'll eventually submit to man's 10,000. That's so dangerous, right? If we don't learn self governance, this will become more despotic. That's the bottom line. We can't get away from that.
0: And it's we've seen it so many times in history. You know, like we were talking about that that cycle. And it's it's as if you get a couple of generations down the road, everybody's forgot about liberty and freedom. You know, which I try to avoid those words just because they've become so bland in our culture because we're we're liberty and freedom yeah liberty and freedom because we're we're so saturated with that stuff and people forget what they really mean but the true meaning of those we forget right and we turn into what we are now oh we need government and this government and that government needs tells us what to do government needs control them and control them and do that and protect me and keep me safe and we forget then we end up with tyranny and despotism. Mm. and then finally, when we realize the yoke of burden that's on our backs, we go, define despotism. I want freedom. Um, I'm going to kick that to you. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: think I'm I mean, going to kick that back to you. I
0: could, you? <laughs> I mean, I could define it, yeah. but I don't think I'd give it yeah. justice. Well,
1: despotism, in its truest sense, basically means we, we, we run ourselves into the ground because of our lack, mm-hmm. our sin, basically. Mm-hmm. We end up becoming despots which basically means we're, we're we're void of judgment we don't know right and wrong we just allow things that's just how it goes that is my john adams understanding of the word despotism yeah so
2: and you see that um when they would do what was right in their own eyes the book of judges that's right they, they, they just wouldn't know and i think that is what's happening now where a lot of these young people their upbringing is so chaotic they don't have a good family structure and what I'm marveling at, though, and I think this is just the beginning of an awakening. And, um, when I got to work at um, in West Palm when they had the Turning Point USA. Are you familiar with that yeah, movement at all? Yeah. And I'd ask the the students if they were raised, um, you know, did they go to private school? Were they homeschooled? And a lot of them were, but some of them weren't. And they'd say they just realized they were being lied to. And it's like right. God's. Opening their eyes so they see yeah. the truth, and then you see the walk away movement. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's I'm excited. Ex- I am too. I'm excited, but at the same time, I I don't want them to just walk away from something. I want them to be able to walk well, fully into what God has th- for them.
1: This is this is kind of the thing that th- th- that's why we wanted you on. Okay, because if you look at the gospel, we're so fixated on they got saved. 200 people got saved today at this convention that we just did. Are they being discipled? Discipleship. So these kids are getting illuminated. Yes, they finally found the truth. They don't need to be like this. They can be self-governed. Awesome. Are they being discipled? Yeah. Right? That's the question. That's what's And that's most the duty. Important. That's the hard part. Yes. It's not yeah. just turning on the lights in their heads and getting them illuminated. It's how do you teach them about self-governance? Because let's be honest here, folks. And I'm going to look in the camera and say this. We don't know how long America will last, Mm -hmm. the debts and things like that. And that's not a hopeless thing. That's actually, I'm okay. What an awesome time to live in. I always say that because this Mm -hmm. is the time that we get to see the power of God move if we believe Mm -hmm. in him, right? But let's just say America doesn't survive a bankruptcy. Let's just say that. What are we going to put in its place? If Jesus doesn't come back, what are we going to put in its place? And if we're not out there discipling and educating people on this stuff, we're just going to go back to another kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's not what the founders wanted. These guys weren't illiterate. They weren't stupid. Yeah. What Was it the Declaration was written for the average farmer at that time? Yes. And most students, <laughs> law students, can't even understand it without breaking it down. It's right? really
2: humbling, isn't yeah. it, yeah.
1: to read
2: their writings? And I always have to read them three times before Absolutely. I can even start to understand it.
1: Even the stuff you read out of common sense, it's like, okay, I got to, I got to chew on that for yeah. a minute. I got to, you know. I, I gotta, you know but yeah. I'm sorry. Continue. I want you to keep continuing on. So we went from uh, Thomas Hooker, the, the Fundamental Lords of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. If you look at every charter in history, from the Mayflower Compact yep. to, to, the, to the Virginia Compact and the Virginia Charters, every one of them acknowledged not only God, but the furtherance of the gospel. Yes. That was well, the whole like purpose Well, it's like Mayflower
2: Compact, in the name of God, amen. That's how it starts. Now, <laughs> in the public school system, they just chopped that off. That whole phrase is not there.
1: Unc- incredible.
2: I know. It's sad.
1: And in there it says, and having undertaken uh For
2: the glory of God. For the
1: glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. Yeah. You, you, you can't you cannot and Connecticut's constitution was the first constitution on these lands. And wouldn't you know it? They based it on a sermon. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. It's unequivocal.
0: Yeah. And it's it's an issue to cut those words out and a lot of people i think would say well it's it's not that big of a deal it's just in the name of god amen right the problem is that that sets up the entire context of why that's even being written mm-hmm. you know what i mean like yes. if if i write a love letter Thank to my you. wife Good, good call. But I don't put my wife's name on it. Well, it's to anybody. That's that's right. I mean, think about Romans 8,
1: right? What says there, there's their for condemnation to mm. so those that are in Christ Jesus. If you take out this last
0: part... In Christ That's Jesus. just like... No,
1: but no, not even that. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. That's yeah. a big part to cut out. Yeah. Because I'm just freeing Jesus now. Well, wait. Mm. <laughs> if you're walking after the flesh, you're not in Christ. If you walk in the Spirit, you are. Yeah. And a lot of Bibles have omitted that phrase, wow. that very phrase. The NIV does. I'm not saying mm. the NIV is bad, okay? Because if you read on, it'll kind of give the hints of it. But they took out that entire phrase. That's a big phrase to remove from Romans 8.1, yeah. you know? And if we keep removing those things, if we don't know our history, where are we going, right? Yeah. Now, it's so funny that once we once believed that the Creator God gave us rights, now we believe government gives them. So now we have the right to health care, right to education, right to all these things. No, those are commerce things. you know what I mean? anyways, I'm sorry, we got to continue <laughs> well, you touched
2: a few minute a little bit ago about the president, and constitutionally he has six responsibilities absolutely yep. and but how many do we look to him, you know, yep. like you're saying to over education, over agriculture, over like over twenty different responsibilities that aren't his responsibilities at all constitutionally.
1: Exactly. And there's no such thing as co-equal branches of government. They're not equal Right. Can you explain that?
2: Well, the Supreme Court um, had neither the purse nor the sword, is the way the founders put it. So basically, the executive branch has the power of the sorties over the military. Mm -hmm. The legislative has um, any legislation passed that has to do with taxing would start in the House. They were there for two years. So when you read the um, debates, they went back and forth on how much power they were going to delegate, how long they were going to let them be there. And Article 1 was the legislative branch. That was the power that really is the most powerful? I know I'm using
0: power about it. It, it, was, to, it was meant to be the, the strongest power Yes, because to, it was of the people. To
2: make yeah. rules. That's and why you, it's
0: called legislative it, body. And, yeah. and See, it was of the people, right? That's right? So it was supposed to give the most power to the people.
2: Yes. Right? And they were directly elected by the people. They were only there for two years. And they were expected, if they raised any taxes, to have that debt paid within those two years. Wow. Because the people were either going to reelect elect him or vote him out.
0: Listen to that, folks. A little bit different these days. No, no, no.
1: Dude, <laughs> this is crazy, right? A friend mm. of mine in Michigan, they said, hey, they were going to raise taxes. I think it was like by 10 cents or something like I can't remember how he said it. Yeah, I said, for what? He said, they want to build a new playground. I said, oh, so when the playground's on, they're going to give the taxes back, right? <laughs> no. Nope. No. Yeah. I said, do you see how wicked this is? How this has turned into... Like, how many times we pass education bills in our elections? If you vote prop this or vote proposition this, it's going to help fund our schools. How much money do you need? We clearly don't have a money problem. Yeah. It's not a money problem. And, and it's funny because the Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. And what's the one thing they promote over the rights of man?
0: Mm-hmm. Money.
1: Bernie Sanders did it when he said, you know, we just need more money for this. We need more money for this. And it's funny about Bernie is that he kept saying that our government basically set up these corporations, but government will bail you out if you just elect me. Government mm-hmm. will get us out of this. <laughs> it is so crazy. And I got to say this, guys. I think it's because Deuteronomy says it, you know, beware lest thou forget the Lord thy God and thy prosperity. Yeah. We do that when it's going good. Oh, thank God. It's going well. A lot of people did it after Trump got elected. I'm neither Republican or Democrat. I just want everybody to know. Yeah. Everybody knows that. But, and I'm not libertarian. I'm a constitution guy. (laughs) I I like Benjamin Rush. He's a Christocrat, so am I. But it's like when he got elected, it was like, oh, we got our guy. Yep, everybody sits back. Yes, Lord. We got (laughs) our dude, you know? And it's so dangerous to say we got our guy. What about the body? What about the legislative body? The real... The people of the people, right? This is why it's so important to elect people of good character. The First Kings 18 thing. Men who hate covetousness, love righteousness. If we don't do that. Matter of fact, you know Chrisanne Hall. You, yes. yes. Yeah. She was debating a guy in Michigan. It was one of the legislators, state legislators. And he was telling her, I agree with everything you say, Chrisanne. But here's the problem. If the people want me to do it, I have to do it. And she didn't, come back. she didn't come back with a good one. She, she just said, yeah. yeah, but no, you're supposed to blah, blah, blah. She went on some other tangent. It was really good. But I thought, as soon as he said it, I'm like, no, you're Should supposed to do what the Constitution it. says. Yeah. Your job is to tell the people, that's not within my authority. I can't do that. It right. doesn't matter how much you want it. I don't have the authority under the law to do that. Mm. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. That'll enslave you. Like, where are those politicians? There are a couple. Thomas Massey, I believe. You know, a yeah. lot of these cats, Ben Sass. I think uh, they do.
0: Justin Amash. Justin
1: Amash. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's really good guys that I think are, are solid. You know what I mean? I love the Ben Shapiros. I I love COS. I, I, I'm liking what I'm seeing now, right? Because we're actually getting people to stand with a backbone. But it's like we're all outside the infrastructure. <laughs> we need mm. to be in that infrastructure. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Well, I think to do that, we have to... Reclaim the education. Because we can work our brains out governmentally. Elaborate. if we, well, I think a good example is Constitution Day. The schools are supposed to be teaching Constitution. (laughs) Dumb. We have a law
1: that says we have to teach Constitution on Constitution Day. Yeah.
2: So we called the 40 public schools in St. Lucie County about five years ago. Only three of them knew what we were talking about, and only one of them Whoa. was doing it and Found since then
0: problem.
2: I've gotten online to see what the um school board is giving the principals and for the younger grades it talks it's got uh the preamble and it says a more perfect union happened after the civil war
0: Ooh. wait what uh, I should you, have brought it. Can you it. <laughs> elaborate on
2: that? <laughs> They're basically saying that a more perfect union was established after the Civil War. And so how many people know that that's actually referring to the Articles of Confederation, right. where they didn't have the legis- they didn't have the um, executive branch, they didn't have the power yeah. to tax, they didn't have a judiciary. So they needed a more perfect union that's right. than the Articles of Confederation had given them. But... They're not taught that, so they don't know that. Mm. So then they're mm. literally now rewriting history with the socialist slant, and we've we've just got to recover Reclaim. our heritage. And one of the scriptures can I can I use yeah, your um Bible because I didn't bring mine.
0: <laughs> what
2: but, uh, I know, right? We'll forgive
0: you this time. <laughs>
2: But one of the scriptures that you, you asked me, you know, why was I willing to do this after teaching my children for so long and then um, going back and teaching other people's children? One, this is the scripture that's motivated me so much. If I can find it, your Bibles. It's going on one side of it and then the other.
1: Sorry. <laughs>
2: um, it's Psalm 78. Okay, so it says, we will not hide them, and what it's referring to is the mighty deeds of God that God did in the nation of Israel, um, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He has done, and then I'm skipping to verse 6, that the generation might know them, the mighty deeds of God, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children... (sighs) That they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Amen. And Dude. and that's what I, in some versions it says the mighty deeds of God, you know, to yeah, teach that's the next a, that's, generation. Yeah, uh,
1: that's a bad translation. I usually read King James, folks.
0: <laughs> He's usually more pious usually more and I holy. Wouldn't have,
2: I wouldn't have understood He's it if it's King holy. James. But what I, I found when new King I... James. Oh, that's one of my favorites, actually. Um, when I went and I As got... she
1: slams my version.
0: <laughs> Jeez. It's heretical, but it's yeah, good. Yeah, it's bad.
2: <laughs> I just couldn't understand part of it. Um, but God did mighty deeds... For our founding fathers, right? Absolutely. So in We got to get back to that topic, nation.
1: and we, we got
2: miracles.
1: And I want you to talk about those things. So I want yeah. we, we got to somehow piece this back <laughs> together. But <so laughs> in, in the video, right? We got to piece this back. So because I, I, I want to go back to. So we went from 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 early documents to uh, I think it was sixteen. I want to say it was sixteen forty. The, in the sixteen forties, the first constitution was the. I think the, it was sixteen thirty eight. When they actually you're probably right. Oh, you you're know what? I can right.
2: find out. You want me to?
1: Yeah, I think you're right.
0: All uh, right, we're putting actually, money. We're putting I, wagers. I, I,
1: have, I, have, I have slides on this stuff, uh, on all the charters. and, oh, and I should yeah? I should know this by now. Yeah. Because I'm usually good at memorizing. But you're right. It's in here. I summers. think it was
2: 38 that he did this. You're scripture. right.
1: 1638. The fundamental. And you're right. You got it? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. It is. So okay. we go from 1638 to Fundamentals Order of Connecticut, right? And we. We, we have established that, okay, we're going to be run by God. It's to advance the gospel. That's the whole point. That charter actually says we can't even have a good ordering government without God and his word. Mm. That's what that charter says, wow. right? So they were, that, that was their preamble, if you want to call it that, right? So continue from there about the documents to now.
2: Okay. So, well, you have the tyranny from the king, over those, in England. Yeah, in England over people that considered themselves Englishmen. And it wasn't so much that they were taxed as that they weren't represented. And it was taxation without their consent. They weren't part of the government. And so that's when they began to realize that if they submitted to him, there would be tyranny and their children would literally be slaves.
0: And, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. The, they saw the writing on the wall. They they understood. Okay, this is this is a subtle theft. If you're being taxed without representation, that's that's like me sitting at this table and you guys deciding how much you're going to take out of my wallet, right? Oh, you don't get a say. We're going to decide together. So there's the subtle taxation, and they were wise enough to look at history and look at at the past and recognize that in a couple of generations, it wasn't just going to be subtle, subtle theft. It was going to be outright slavery. And uh, if you look at the natural progression of how it always goes, a government never limits itself. Once it finds out that it can, it can expand and it can grow that power. It's going to keep growing it. especially if you have a King who everybody has decided has all of this authority yep. and, and they're not willing to keep him in check. That's why we're all scared of a president because we've allowed it to get that far to where a president can have all of this power. Yeah.
1: Executive. He was
0: never supposed to have that no much way.
1: power. Not even close. Right. No. And too, with, with that kind of a government, you see in a sense, in essence, the old school class warfare. Yeah. So slaves are slaves. Yeah. Blacks are now slaves. And that, I, I want to get this out of the way. I was, Talk about slavery before I continue. This was a worldwide phenomenon. It didn't just happen in America. And people were like, America's a debate. Dude, this was a worldwide accepted practice. I'm not justifying it. It was wicked, mm-hmm. right? But to blame America for everyone's ills is absolutely a farce. You know what I mean? And our founders, Thomas Jefferson, fought with William Wilberforce to end slavery in England. You know? And how do we bring that to America? How can we stop it here? You know? So uh, what happens in a, in a, in a kingdom-type system there's always the the prince and the pauper. There's always this, you know, this, what do they call serfdom. It always ends yeah. up happening, in a sense, right? Because, well, whoever the king deems cool, they're cool. If the king says slavery's going to happen, it's going to happen. Under a free society, that can happen because we're all created equal under God. So the king is usurping his authority, right? And we come to 1774, and one of the first congresses, basically, that we had. And this, I love the story when Jacob Duchesne comes in, Reverend Jacob Duchesne, and the, the, the conundrum was, is there was so many different denominations in that room. It's like, why, how about we not pray? You know, just every man pray on his own. And I don't know who went and got du- Duchesne. I, 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 I wish I could remember that. But one of, the, one of the men went and got him, and he was the pastor of Christ Church in Philadelphia, comes there, does a two-hour prayer service. Right? Yeah. And then read Psalm thirty five. And Adams wrote about it to his wife, talking about he said it filled every man in the room. It was as if the spirit of God mm. enveloped every man in the room. And he said, uh that that, that psalm basically started the idea of independence. Like yeah. because all that time when they were having those congresses, they were like they were petitioning the king on the on behalf of the people. And Adams eventually in seventeen seventy five and six was like, dude, he ain't listening. He's 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 more mad at us now. Now he's calling us insurrectionists. So continue because I we got to the point where the king is now despotic. Yeah. And then we come to 1774, right? And we start doing these congresses, these little convention. I don't want to call them conventions. I mean, was, would that be the right word? When they were meeting in Philadelphia, or was that a uh, congress? The, the the Do you know what I'm talking
0: about? I think convention. Is it a convention? I, I, basically, I think the
1: word would be. But convention. So you're
2: talking about the Constitution when they were actually starting to. Yeah. Right, but
0: I'm talking about yeah. 1774, where okay, when, you know, when they were really deciding, okay, we need to. Yeah, we need to step something. away. Yeah. Need, yeah, yeah.
2: And they were basically trying to decide if each one of them was going to come in to unity to declare their independence. Crazy, and they would be. Labeled as traitors, which means that they would be drawn and quartered, and you know it wasn't pretty Hung, to probably. be yeah. yeah that's why um Benjamin Franklin said they had to hang together, or most assuredly they would hang separately, so they went through a lot of that and and what was interesting is that when the king was imposing these taxes. And insisting that anything they sold to other countries had to go through England. Crazy. I mean, it was very oppressive. And the Americans began to, um, what do you call it? They refused to buy anything from England. So they began to make their own Boy clothes. Cop. They stopped drinking the tea. And a lot of people don't realize that that whole tea party was because the captain of that ship couldn't go out of the harbor with the tea on the ship, or the king would kill him. He, they were literally <laughs> afraid for his life, and the governor was under the king. That governor was on his side, and he wouldn't let him out of the harbor. Hmm. And so the founders had to go and dump the tea so that he could go out of the harbor and go back to England. And when they did it, they didn't take any, they did it systematically. And they
1: dressed as Indians just to disguise yeah. it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? So then the king actually repealed that, but then he passed what was called the Declaratory Act. Sorry,
1: Native Americans for all you <laughs> soft, safe First space. First Nation. If
2: I may yeah. say, my son-in-law is Native American, and none of that offends him.
1: Um, I've heard them, but most of them just <laughs> do not care. Yeah, Miss Brenda. They but don't care. But how long do you have to be here before you're a Native American?
2: Yeah, yeah. I know.
0: Aren't we all? <laughs> that they they, they came point? over <laughs> the land bridge, so technically <laughs> they're technically. technically they're like <laughs> Mongolian. And just okay, move. We're getting off topic. I'm all sorry. Right, anyway, buddy. sorry. You're, you're it it we're here for you. out.
1: Yeah, we're, we're here for you. Sorry, <laughs> we're here for you.
2: Um, well, you were talking about the prayer. At the Constitutional Convention, do you want me to read part of go go uh, for it?
1: You do. You do Benjamin you.
2: Franklin's quote. You do. Where you. he stands up because remember they were talking were, about
1: the convention now. The Constitutional yeah. Convention.
2: Am I am I doing too much of a quantum leap to address that right now? No, 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 no Just go do your it. thing because we already went from
1: past documents. Yes. To you know Magna Carta to to now and all these civilizations and here we get to this government. Yes, where our founders are like, okay, look, we've failed. Like obviously, man has failed to create a system. Yeah, and now we have America. Well, you know what's interesting
2: too, and this is what uh, Cleon Skalsen goes into with the making of America that I've never heard addressed anywhere else. But after the Revolution, they had had to print money to get through that, mm-hmm. and they weren't governing with the Articles of Confederation, and they weren't able to trade. They had other countries; all the countries were were like just watching them getting ready for them to fail. Americans thought we would fail, but they, they were just like we are now where they just wanted to mind their own business. But because they couldn't trade, that's really what brought them together. Um, And when they met, there was, there was a clear call. And then at Annapolis, only five states were represented and they didn't even have the same call. There was always a clear call for a convention, because they they didn't want to come for no reason. Right. There was always a clear call, and so that's what they did for Philadelphia. Right. There was a more clear call, and they met there. Um, but then you had the large states. You had the small states. You had the states on the border that... Um, there was an advantage there being along the coast and having the harbors and the trade. And so it was really hard to pull them together. There was the issue of slavery. Right. And did you know that in the first original draft, there was also a slavery grievance that Thomas Jefferson wrote because the king had not let them end slavery. And by that time, some of the colonies had voluntarily ended slavery.
0: Listen to that, dude. And didn't they... what year was it they abolished the the overseas slave trade? Was it, it was like, just oh, in England
2: with Wilberforce? Yeah.
0: But but the US instituted something, didn't they? Like 1792 or or No, I can't remember when it was that 1809 it ended with or Wilberforce. Um cuz Wilberforce was what, 44, 1844? No, it was before seven,
2: that. Yeah, I thought it way was way before that. Before um, then. But the um the Northwest Ordinance made it so that they couldn't expand slavery.
1: Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But if, and this That's is, 1787. You yeah. can
2: ask me to come back in a few more months because I'm compiling these documents.
1: Is this on slavery?
2: Yeah, is, I'm compiling <laughs> the documents. And I need that because I'm
1: doing a talk on this.
2: It's going <laughs> to be super good. And I, my goal is to get it before February because that's Black History Month. Because they were going Making forth waves. to ending it when the Democrats started. And and I don't want to get political, but historically yeah. they were the ones that started undoing yes. some of the um gains that we had made toward ending slavery. Exactly. Okay, and so that's And
1: it's not getting political, Brennan. I want you to be able to use those phrases. The only reason yeah. I, I don't I don't ascribe to them is I, I got to be honest. You remember when Reagan said, I'm, I didn't leave the Democratic Party, the Democratic Party left me? You mean Republicans. That's what I feel about the Republicans, is they left us. Mm. Now, their, their views and their platform aligns with what I believe. Right. But do they really practice it? Because it seems like, to me, the Democrats always get their way, and the Republicans... Compromise, compromise, constantly. compromise. Constantly. So we're leaning yeah. more towards the left anyways. They're right. not really holding the line. That's why I'm saying I'm not, I'm not a Republican in, in, in name. Mm-hmm. I'm a conservative. I'm a Christian, right. And so it's not political to say, "Hey, the Democrats really backed this because now we have a two unfortunately, we have a two party system unfortunately. Mm-hmm. and 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 I don't know what that's going to take to get rid of. You know, is it going to take more people voting third party, which the third party is even terrible. The Libertarian, the last candidate, was terrible.
2: Theoretically, we should be able to get rid of it. I mean, if you read Washington's farewell address, he...
1: He warned of the two-party system, Exactly,
2: exactly. So anyway, so you've got this issue, and they had um, printed money. And I want to mention this, and then I'll go into the quote, but the dollar dropped to be worth less than a penny. Whoa. And some of the states were paying back the debt in gold, and some were paying them back in that deflated money. And so it was just a mess. It was absolutely a mess. And what gives me so much hope is that when they went back to the gold standard and real money, George Washington said within three years he could not believe how much they had turned the economy around. Why can't we do that now?
0: Outrageous when you actually have a true standard to your money Instead of being able yes. to print.
1: Yeah, because then inflation
2: doesn't infinity. happen. And- that's why they would not allow emit bills of credit. One of the founders said he'd rather get his right arm cut off. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. For good interesting,
2: but this is what... So you've got this battle and this horrible... I mean, they, they were suffering what we're suffering right. now. Yeah. That's what gives me so much hope.
1: Now, to prep this before this quote, correct me if I'm wrong here. They were about to dissolve the Constitutional Convention... They were they were close, weren't they? They were literally like, feeling
2: it. like it's not gonna yeah, happen. Forget it. And yeah.
1: and the reason is because you got so many men in one room. All of the and the debates were how do we keep the people free and not give the government too much power? It wasn't I want free stuff, no, I want free stuff, no, it's mine. No, we need to vote more taxes. It was how do we keep the people free? Yeah. Right? And so they're at this point in this cusp of forget it. I can't get through to him, he can't get through to me. Why are we yeah. talking? And then.
2: And another issue they were arguing about so much was the small states didn't want the, the um, representation to go to the big states.
1: Ooh, that's right.
2: Because then they, they were afraid they'd just get swallowed up. And then you had the issue with slavery, where Georgia and um, North Carolina said they absolutely wouldn't end it, they weren't ready to end it. So, in all of that, Benjamin Franklin stands up and he says, The small progress we've made after four or five weeks with each other is a melancholy proof of the imperfection of human understanding. In this situation, the assembly, groping as it were in the dark to find political truth and scarce able to distinguish it when presented to us. How has it happened, sir? We have not hitherto once thought of humbly applying to the Father of Lights to illuminate our understandings.
0: He ain't talking about a light bulb. (laughs) Wait a second. Wasn't he an
1: atheist? Deist. They called him a deist. Which... Okay. <laughs> we'll Let's continue. okay. Let's talk. We'll hold continue. that thought. Let's talk <laughs> Let's about talk that. Let's talk about a that, yeah.
2: Because he says In the beginning of the contest with Britain, when we were sensible of danger, we had daily prayers in this room for divine protection. Ooh. Our prayers, sir, were heard and they were graciously answered. All of us who were engaged in the struggle must have observed frequent instances of a superintending providence in our favor. Mm. Have we now forgotten this powerful friend? Or do we imagine we no longer need his assistance? That's it. Isn't that incredible? I have lived, sir, a long time. And the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth that God governs in in the the affairs affairs of men. men. So doesn't that totally contradict being a deist? Exactly. And so you have pastors now that won't get involved at all.
1: That's exactly, yeah. And so the word deism today means basically God, there's something out there, he wound the clock up, left it on the shelf, and bailed. He's got no involvement in man. And said the same thing about Jefferson, and on his Jefferson Memorial, it talks about God who gave us life gave us liberty, and can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we remove the only firm basis of conviction in the hearts and the minds of the people that these liberties are a gift of God? And that's when he said, indeed I tremble when I reflect that God is just just, and his justice cannot sleep forever. He knows God. Governing the affairs of man. Same thing here. Yeah. You you can't get away from that. Like, they had a sovereign reverence. This is what I was talking about before. Yeah. Back in the day, the prophet's word was revered. It was feared when a prophet came into town in the Old Testament. The founders had that same thing. Like, that word wasn't to be tampered with. Mm. Look at the way he talks about God. He's our powerful friend. What, What makes us think? That we're going to, you know, can a rise, can an empire yeah, rise? Yeah, from? yeah, yeah, that's ahead. the next part. I'm sorry, continue. Yeah,
2: and if a <clears> sparrow, <throat> sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. I Psalms. firmly believe this. 127.1. Um, and I also believe that without his concurring aid... We shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. We shall be divided by our little partial local interest. Our projects will be confounded, and ourselves shall become a reproach and a byword down to future ages.
1: Is that not happening today? Yeah. Guys, let's be honest here, okay? That's happening. Samuel Adams once said, If you prefer wealth rather than liberty, and if you prefer tranquility over the animated contest of freedom, go from us in peace. He said, we ask not your counsels or your arms. This is the part that gets me, and I don't even like saying this quote because it's very bold, but listen to the heart. He said, crouch down and lick the hands which feed you. May your chains sit lightly upon you, and may our posterity forget that you are ever our countrymen. Mm. Wow. If you don't want to get involved, leave. Mm. Because this country wasn't built by cowards. Yeah. It was built by men who believed in a big God and wanted us. You know what? All they wanted was freedom. Doesn't every man want that? Yeah. I have no idea why I'm going to cry. Doesn't every man want freedom? I just want to enjoy my kids. You know, Mm. I want to enjoy my life. I want to enjoy the fruits that God gave me. He gave me all things to enjoy. The Bible says, and I can't do that. If I see a nation running amok where a president or a Congress, and I don't care what side of the fence you're on, these presidents, the past six at least, have done all these executive orders thinking they can bypass Congress because they have the stroke of a pen. That is not constitutional. There's nowhere in the Constitution that, that is legal. Yeah. Still, out of any amendment passed, right? And still we're, we're, we're debating if, well... And here's 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 the blessing. Okay, here's the blessing. President Obama woke up the church. I believe that he woke up a silent vote. Now Trump is waking up the left, and now they're studying the Constitution. Well, he can't legally do this. He can't... You see what's happening? <laughs> that's The confusion that we're yeah. allowing is teaching us what is right and what is wrong. And eventually, we're going to have to get it and understand it.
0: And that's one thing that I'm actually, th- in a way, thankful for with Trump is he's done exactly that. He's made them go back to the Not basics. Not that I'm saying the left is
1: right in what they're saying.
0: No, but but at least he's made them go back to the basics and go, exactly. wait a second, what, what does the Constitution say? And they're actually being a little more afraid of the power of government. They they're being more mm. cautious of the power of government. Now, there's plenty of them who turn around and then say, "Well, I'm afraid of that section of government, but I still want government to force those people to do what what I think they should do." Right? So we still have to have that argument. But at least they're starting to wake up a little bit about the dangers of a government exactly. that's out of control, that's, that's not within the bounds of the Constitution. How
1: long after you know, Benjamin's quote was the Constitution signed? Wasn't it a couple weeks?
2: Yeah, and I think right sure after that is quick. when, when um, they got Reverend Duchesne to pray, when you're talking about that part. And um, I lost my place in here, but it says that they, they um, stopped for three days to pray and fast, And then they came back and they had him pray, and then they had he, they prayed after that. And they said that the unfriendly feeling was gone. Mm. And they were, then that, and that's when the Connecticut Compromise came, where they um, chose the Senate out of the House. Mm. So the states were equally represented by the Senate. And so that kind of allayed the fears of the smaller states. Wow.
1: Awesome. So now, we have this country it's the united states of america we just got rid of the articles of confederation they didn't do it at night and in deception like everybody believes mm. that's a big misconception that they're just supposed to amend the articles and pop out came the constitution they did what? it in the dark of night not how it happened at all could you explain that as, as quickly as possible
2: um oh i wish i had the rise of the republic because it documents we'll just have to
1: bring you back then. <laughs> I'm serious. Um, well, awesome. I'd
2: be happy to actually, but um,
1: we'll do it during the day though.
2: If you look at the calls to Philadelphia, because when they met in Annapolis, only five of them showed up and their calls weren't the same. Um, there were two that talked about generally amending the um, articles, articles, but yeah. all of the other 11 were to render the government adequate to the exigencies to render a constitution adequate to the exigencies of the government that right. was so they they did have that broad power um, and
1: and that was the states good. coming together sending their delegates saying hey we need a better thing mm-hmm. than this
2: it was called by the states it was simply confirmed by Congress right
1: right right and so again that goes back to the power being vested in the people which is why you're a part of the COS yeah. the Con- the Convention of states can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about that?
2: Well, it's the strategy that the founders gave us in Article 5, which is how you amend the Constitution. Mm -hmm. So they gave us two ways. First, that Congress could propose amendments or the states. And they made the bar very high. You have to have two-thirds of the states pass an application to call for the convention. Then they propose amendments. They're debated. Every amendment to be ratified has to be voted by three fourths of the states which is
1: 38, 30, 38 states. states so yeah it's yeah hard and that. this whole organization is um and i know a lot of people there's there's many of my friends who are constitutional who are not for it i wasn't for it at first because my great fear was pff, i mean can we find people with any backbone and they're going to stand on the word of god when they go propose these amendments you know what i mean as far as like i'm not even saying just in the scriptural sense i'm talking about Will, will we free the people or will we get some other despots in there to, you know, to amend the Constitution to increase government? Because that can mm. happen, too. Mm. Right. And so what's the argument against that?
2: Well, this, the call for Convention of States specifically is to um, restrain the jurisdiction, the, um, the spending and impose term limits. That's the scope of the call, so it couldn't go outside. What
1: about repealing the 16th Amendment? <laughs> oh,
2: exactly. That would be within that would be the purview. One of um,
1: and the 14th. And the-
2: well, the 16th and the 17th, because the 16th was where we lost the Senate, right. um, and, and so that needs to be repealed. The 17th, uh, Federal Reserve right It's yes. not constitutional. Right. Right? Get rid of it. Um, so basically that's what the Convention of States does is take – we don't, we're not really living by the Constitution now. We've got that little pocket Constitution, and then we have the Constitution that we live by, which is the SCOTUS version, as interpreted by the Supreme Court, that's almost 3,000 pages with all the Supreme Court decisions. Mm-hmm. That's the Constitution that we live by now. They call it the living breathing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and a really good way to get an overview of possible amendments is to read the liberty amendments by mark levin yep and the fascinating thing is he was writing that book what in <laughs> 2013 at the same time that michael ferris who is the one who defended homeschoolers and um he lost his first three states everybody told him you're wasting your time you're never going to be able to um reign in the doe and the teachers unions and he was using article five at that time and so he proposed the grassroots strategy of convention of states using article five while mark levin was writing the liberty <laughs> amendments using article five and they didn't know the other one was doing that and their works came out within seven days of each other
0: whoa <laughs> so, wow <laughs> that's crazy.
2: Cool. i just sense that that's providence
1: it is providence because there's people talking about liberty now, granted, the libertarians, and I'm not saying all of them, but a lot of them are talking about liberty as in anarchy. Right. But that is just not feasible. We do need some kind of restraint. We need something. Basically, like, what was it? Uh, if, if if men were angels, we wouldn't need such a government, right? But the no. problem is, like, well, that was the basically the Federalist view. Yeah. The Anti-Federalists were saying, yeah, it's true. Men aren't angels, so why put them in power? You know what mm. I mean? So there's this... There's this flip, right, of how much power do the people have? Because that'll turn into mob rule really fast. How much power does the government have? That'll turn into tyranny real fast. Mm -hmm. How does this work? God, if everybody was submitted to the fact that we're all created equal, this would make more sense. Because when we're created equal, you don't even have to believe in him. That's not the issue. The Mm -hmm. issue is God made you to be free. Live as you will, right? But me as a Christian wants to preach to you the love of Christ to change the, You know what I mean? So like, yeah, we could be free and people are like, oh, you mean that you want people to just not have a government, this on drugs and all this other stuff, man, drugs are going to be sold in the streets. Women are going to get pregnant everywhere. Rape's going to happen. Blah, blah, war. Blah. Isn't that happening with government power? <laughs> I would rather see God move on the behalf of his people than trying to force the government to try to force people to believe what I believe. Right. That's the issue. Right. It's got to be consent. It has to be consent. Yeah. No man, and and I I said that quote, we used this quote once before, Jefferson thought it a disservice to God if we forced atheists to believe Christianity, if we forced Mm -hmm. them through government. He said that is ungodly to do. It's wickedness. That's why we're not a theocrat. I'm not a theocrat. I don't want a Caesar or a king... Or you know the, the the hierarchy to tell me what God is. We don't no. need that. God can tell me that He gave me an unction. First John three, right? I have an unction from the Holy One. I know all things. So this is kind of the issue that the, the balance of of, of of pendulum swing here. We have an unequivocal evidence that God governed in the affairs of man. That's why we had the Declaration, the Constitution, and what is it? Forty three states out of the fifty. Acknowledge God and their constitutions. There's a reason they do that, right? Because God gives me rights. And if we believe that, we wouldn't have a government trying to strip them or tell you what rights are. I find it funny when the government comes out or or people running for office. You know, it's you know healthcare is a a right, therefore should be provided by government. Well, so is my guns, buy me them. So is my religion. Mm. Build my church with your money. I don't even want that to happen. I don't want your money to build my church. Yeah, I want people to do it freely. And I think it's when the church can be the church. And and this is why I'm not slamming the church. When the church is allowed to be the church, we will be the arbiters of morality, the way Martin Luther King said, the way John Adams said, the church being the moral compass. We will be the ones that provide the health care, which is why our hospitals were named like St. Ben's, St. Jude's. We will be the ones that have workforce centers, which is why men who are like, I don't know my calling. Maybe you're supposed to diligently teach people how to work. What if we had workforce centers and these guys who are contract, you know, construction workers and contractors, you know, they're like what's my calling? What am I? What if you're called to teach people and disciple people to build their own business like you're talking about? Yep. What if that's your calling? We don't even know that's a calling. Mm. To teach men how to be self-sufficient, to teach young women to be chaste keepers at home the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Not that they have to be doormats, that's not the issue. The issue is they can have careers too, it's awesome. My wife has one. Right? If we could learn that God set this all up and have his order in it, government makes more sense. It makes way much more sense to me.
2: Absolutely. And the founder said that our government had to be by a virtuous people. Oof.
1: There you go, John Adams.
2: Yeah. And that's exactly what you're talking about. You can't have that
1: freedom without virtue. He said, it was John Adams that said this, he said, we have no government capable of content, we have no government capable of contending with men's passions unbridled by religion and morality. And then he said, after that, our constitution is made only for moral and a religious people. Benjamin Franklin said, only a virtuous people can obtain freedom. Jefferson said that it's only by virtue and knowledge—virtue meaning uh, um, I broke it down since the eighteen twenty-eight, right? And talks about moral uprightness, basically virtue.
2: And and I think it goes beyond that, at least to impart to today's people, because it's not just like you try to be good, but you voluntarily obey God. You voluntarily do all the works that you were talking about. We've got to start teaching our own children. We've got to start doing the hospitals. We've got to start making disciples. We've got to start going into jails. These things that we've abdicated to the government, that's what is enslaving us. And we can't demand that our taxes go down until we start doing those things voluntarily. Amen. And I think we're seeing that. Amen.
1: I mean, I think it's hypocritical for people to say, you know, we're building all these churches. We could use that money to help the poor, but yet we boast on our new jail, jail centers and jail, jail houses and how cool they are and how, you know, they're, they're state-of-the-art facilities. You know what I mean? An article came out in Minnesota where we built this brand new $35 million jail facility Wow, right, and they were boasting about it. it's like, but y'all would, those same people would get mad saying they built another church, they could use that to feed the poor mm-hmm. well, couldn't that money have been better spent to give me my money back so I could go help the poor, maybe teach these people not to go to jail, like or, teach them the virtues yes. of God or was and you say,
0: it's it's a problem when we have to build more jails
1: that, right, and we boast on that, yeah, somehow. You know, We've, correctional facilities and things.
0: There's there's a big issue if we moms, have to build yeah. more. And and, yes. and we we incarcerate people at an alarming rate. Well, let's get back to the source. That's right. We, and, and you and I have talked a lot about the structure of the family and the importance of the family. Where where does a child best learn responsibility, right. work ethic, right. um, discipline, morals, right and wrong, values? They learn them in the family structure. Exactly and we've already abdicated so much to the government how much more are we going to abdicate the family's roles to the government if we continue down this right. path and that's right. that's my biggest concern is we already hear politicians basically say children are the the communities in in so saying that what they're saying is it's not the parents who are the arbiters of uh value right. to the kids. It's the community's job, mm-hmm. aka the government's job. Yeah. It's it's our our government's job to raise right. these children. Yeah. And we see that.
1: That's exactly right. And mm-hmm. I want to thank you for answering the question of how we can apply it today. You just said it. Mm-hmm. It's discipling.
0: No. Yeah. It's it's
1: us doing what Christ commanded us to do. You know, it's funny because he says to preach the gospel to every creature, but he says, go and make disciples. There was nothing hard about that. Yeah, heal the sick, cleanse it up, that, that, raise the dead, all that stuff. That's good. He gave us the power to do that, but the mandate was to make disciples of all nations.
0: Yes.
1: How does that look? Well, God, what did he tell the disciples to pray? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth
0: as on, it is in heaven, right? On earth as it is in heaven. Yeah.
1: Can yeah. we honestly, look at me in the camera, right? Can we honestly say that our government our country reflects the kingdom of heaven. Mm, got some work to do. Exactly. <laughs> you answered it, though, praise God, that it's on us now. Mm. Guys, and we think, well, I don't have the money. I don't have the resources. I don't have the power. Can you just kind of hit that, and we'll end it there? I don't have the resources. I don't have the, I don't have the you know, you, you, you would say that to me sometimes. I don't have all these things in place. But isn't that where faith comes in?
2: Yeah, faith. And I think faithfulness just to reach out to your neighbor, just to take in, you know, the one kid on the block that's bored and getting in trouble. Or um, it it doesn't have to be a big organization, it could be each of us just taking in one person or one family. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Brenda, we're going to have you back probably four or five times. (laughs) <laughs> or more Oh, I'd honored. This, was we'll this, this, fun. this is good because like you're, you're just validating um, a what lot of things what we want to believe <laughs> no, I, you, you know kidding. Mike's right I think the word indoctrination is overused because we yeah. all indoctrinate in some way sense or form mm. we do everybody does yeah we all have an agenda I got the gospel that's my agenda I'm going to be honest right yeah. I want to free people that's my agenda does that sound like a crappy agenda? No, it's a great <laughs> agenda, right? But we want to have you back to really do the slavery thing. I want to have you okay. back to really talk about just the Constitution itself. We can break down the amendment, or the, I'm sorry, the articles and things mm-hmm. like that, and really talk in depth. But this was a great intro to knowing who you are. Again, AmericanHeritageToday.com, mm-hmm. and also the Facebook page, American Heritage. Yep. We're going to put those in the links below. Mm-hmm. And you want to
0: roll us out? <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we want to thank you, Brenda Massey. I'm Mike. Thank you so much for everything. Remember, check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Patreon. Uh, we are up on iTunes. It's been awesome. Are, thank you
1: for the response, you guys. Yeah,
0: thank you. for A lot of comments. Oh, uh, we're loving it. A couple thumbs downs here and there. I love hey, those. I love, I love those. it. I <laughs> love <laughs>
1: it. Because you know what? We're pricking consciences. That's hey,
0: okay. Bring it. That's I wanna, okay. If, if, if you want to disagree with us, come on. Yep. And remember, guys,
1: truth.com, which we're, re- we're kind of revamping the site because I want to be able to link yours and Sue Trumbino's, uh Women Impacting the Nation Oh yeah, and all these groups. We want to really be able to link yeah. resources. A lot of people, it's so odd that people actually depend on our opinion, like what we think, right? And that's cool. I, I, we're, we're blessed to have that. But Brenda, again, thank you so much for, for coming on. We're going to have you back on if you don't mind. Well, thank <laughs> we, you
2: for having oh, me. Yeah. And, and no just problem. to see you all doing this blesses me so
1: much. Thank you. Well, you if, if, and I want to say this to the elder generation. If you were praying for young people to get it, you're looking at them. Mm-hmm. We may be two, but God can use one to do many things. And I'm so thankful for Scripture mm-hmm. because there's so many examples of that. So God bless all of you. Have an awesome, yeah. awesome rest of the week, and we'll be back next week.
0: All right. Love you guys.